Should you provide more than one lender option to your client? You know, this is something that I've been doing a lot of thinking lately about, and there's this cognitive bias called the less is better effect. And at the end, I'm going to give my thoughts on this, but I'm going to break down for you in this episode, a cognitive bias, rebooting this series I did called the science of brokering, where I would take something from social sciences, talk about the research, talk about why it matters, and then break down for you how you can apply this in your mortgage business, or maybe how you're already applying it. Because I just, I personally just love this stuff. So if you're trying to figure out who I am, my name is Scott Peckford. I'm the founder of I Love Mortgage Brokering and Bricks Mortgage. And I absolutely love the mortgage business. It's my absolutely favorite thing to do. I love learning about it and improving it. And I'm interested to know your thoughts. So at the end, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear what you do with this because there's a couple of different scenarios here. Should you provide multiple options to your clients? Should you provide one good option? based on you know their needs and interested to hear that. Before I jump into this, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application, document collection, submission platform designed specifically for Canadian brokers. Very easy to use. It's got smart docs. It knows what documents your client needs based on how they fill out the app. It's got smart submission notes. It pulls key data from the application and attached to Lender Spotlight, which is the most robust tool for searching rates and guidelines. You can check them out at lendesk.com slash Finmo. Check out this first solo episode that I'm rebooting in 2024 on the less is better effect. What is the less is better effect? It's a cognitive bias that basically shows how people sometimes prefer the worst of two options, but only when the options are presented separately. So when people are presented with both options side by side, this bias completely disappears. So you may be thinking, why does this matter? I'm going to break this down for you, where it came from, who discovered it, and then I'm going to show you how you probably are applying this in your mortgage business already and how you can apply it in situations where maybe you're like not making the best possible decision. So the reason this matters is our perception of the world is context dependent. As much as we like to think we are, we're not rational decision makers. This is easy to prove because you probably have people in your life that you look at and go, man, that is a really dumb decision. Why are they doing that? And it's really clear when we see someone else making a non-rational decision, but we often don't apply that same lens to ourselves. I know I have been guilty of this for sure. So it's basically a way that we approach decision-making and when we don't have other options to compare to, we'll sometimes make not the best optimized decision. So who discovered this is less is better effect was coined by Christopher Say. He's a behavioral scientist at University of Chicago. And there's been lots of different research on this. So I'll break down two of them for you before I explain how you can use it in your mortgage business. So I'm going to give you the same scenario that he gave his people in the study. So imagine you're at the beach. It's a warm, sunny day. There's an ice cream vendor on the beach and they're selling eight ounces of ice cream in a 10 ounce cup. And then they ask the question, how much would you pay for that ice cream, right? That was group A. Group B, they said to them, hey, same scenario at the beach. It's hot, beautiful. There's one ice cream vendor and he is selling seven ounces of ice cream in a five ounce cup. And so the results are counterintuitive. People would pay more for seven ounces in a five ounce cup than they would for eight ounces in a 10 ounce cup. And it's because they felt like they were getting ripped off with the eight out of 10. They were like, this feels like he's under giving us. The other one feels like he's over giving us. Now, if you put those two ice cream vendors side by side, you'd be like, well, obviously you're getting more ice cream in the eight ounce cup than the seven. So the bias completely disappears. And so this is an example of how our thinking and our decision-making is very much context-dependent. There's another research done by Daniel Kuberman, I can't say his name, Kahneman, and Amos Tversky, and they talked about framing. And so in this study, they talked about how there was an outbreak of a new disease that expected to kill 600 people in the U.S., and there was a couple of different programs they could choose between. So program A and B. One group was given this scenario. Program A is adopted, 200 people will be saved. Program B is adopted, 
there's a one-third possibility that 600 people will be saved and a two-thirds possibility that no people will be saved. And so it's like option A, 200 for sure. Option B, there is a 30% chance of 600 people being saved. And in this scenario, 72% of people picked option A, right? Because they thought, well, 200 for sure is better than 600 at a 30% chance. Now they took that same information. And so remember that scenario, right? So you got 200 people going to be saved or maybe a third chance that 600 of them will be saved. They took that same information. They just reframed it. So this is why the context matters. So this is, we're going to call these program C and program B. Hopefully I'm making this make sense. So if program C is adopted, 400 people die. If program D is adopted, there's a one-third possibility that nobody will die and two-thirds of the probability that 600 people will die. In that scenario, 78% of people selected option D. In the first one, it was 72% picked option A. So we're not rational. It's the exact same outcome. So the whole point of this is that it's the exact same outcome, but how you frame the question, how you frame your information has a huge impact on people's decision-making. Personal example is I recently wrote a blog post on how you can't comparison shop at mattress companies because mattress companies, they got the game rigged. And so by the way, the way you can eliminate this bias is by often comparing the two things side by side. And so with mattress companies, one of the things that they have figured out is that people want a comparison shop, but they don't really want you to comparison shop. So what they do is they say, hey, if you can find this mattress, whatever they call it, the magnificent mattress, anywhere else, we will beat it by 10%. And you're like, wow, they must really stand behind their pricing. The reality is, is that the mattresses that they have and the guy down the street has and the other person on the street has, they're all made at the same factories. The difference is they give them different names. They put a different wrapper on them. They might change one or two specs. But the reality is, is that you can't actually see what you're comparing. And so they have effectively made the less is better effect for you. They've eliminated your ability to comparison job. And so that's one of the funny examples that I see, you know, in the real world, because there's a mismatch of information, or they call it asymmetry of information that the mattress company has that you don't have. So okay, all that to say, decisions are context dependent. If we are not careful about not having a comparison, we will sometimes make a worse decision. And so I'll give you some examples of how this shows up in your mortgage business and how you can hopefully counteract it. So in terms of how the mindset of a mortgage broker, if you're like most mortgage brokers right now, certainly over the last year, you've done a lot more three-year terms, two and three-year terms, you're making 50, 60 basis points. I've had people say this to me and they lament, oh man, I'm you know making way less money than I was before. And it's because they're looking at that 50 to 60 basis points. They're thinking about it like the eight ounces in the 10 ounce cup. And so in that scenario, you feel like, oh man, that's a lot of work and I'm doing all this work and I'm making less money. However, if you reframe that for this example, imagine it's a AAA file, super straightforward, everything's clean. And it's going to take you maximum four hours to get everything done from first call to like signed and done. And instead, you divided the math and said, I'm going to make $4,000 on this and it's going to take me four hours. So I'm going to make $1,000 an hour. You do that and you go, oh, that's not so terrible, right? That's the way you think about this. The other thing is, is that people complain about commission compression. So, you know, the commissions are getting compressed by lenders, what they're paying out. And yes, that's true. So again, you're looking at the cup from an eight ounce in a 10 ounce cup. However, we're completely forgetting the fact that the average mortgage size has gone up way more. So any commission compression has been completely offset by the increase in mortgage size. So that's one of the ways you can think about it as a mindset. And another way that I see this show, sometimes as a rookie mortgage broker, they're like, okay, I know one mortgage broker, I'm gonna go talk to them. They've been doing this a long time. Obviously this is gonna be a good decision. However, it is not always the best decision because you have a comparison shop. And one of the things I've said, and I've seen this, repeatedly is that just because somebody's been doing the business for 10 years or 15 years doesn't mean what they will teach you will help you get business today. Because I can tell you, I started 17 years ago and how I built my business 17 years ago would not work today. 
it would not work because we don't have the same products. We don't have the same pricing advantage. Like it is far more competitive. And so the advice I would have given myself if I hadn't been learning and doing this for the last six or seven years in coaching, it would be very different than because I would just say, do what I did. You know, why don't you just do this? Like I've heard some owners to say, don't waste time with realtors. They're a waste of time. Now someone else says, oh, just go meet them for lunch and coffee. And then does it work? Yeah, not super well, not if you don't have a plan. But in both cases, that can be bad advice. And so as a rookie mortgage broker, you got to think about these things and be like, okay, am I actually sending a comparison here? The other thing is that when it comes to your mortgage options, so mortgage brokers actually apply this. I've thought about this. They apply this strategically. And so one of the ways that I see them, there's basically two types of brokers out there when it comes to presenting a rate or programs to their clients. You know, broker A is going to just take all their information, do the planning and come back and say, here's your best option, sign here. And then broker B is going to go do a comparison, say, here's three lenders or however many number, and here's the pros and cons and you pick. Now, when broker A is not providing options, he or she is using the less is better effect. And if you're an ethical broker, hopefully like, you know, there's an efficiency to this. So if you're an ethical broker and you're making the right decisions and you're doing what's right for the client, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. That's what I did. And I probably would still do that if I was brokering today, because that's just how I'm wired. Because I'm the kind of person who will also say, dude, go take from RBC or no, don't do your mortgage. Doesn't make sense. So because I would do that, I'd have no problem presenting an option. And so in that scenario, the less is better effect is actually you're applying it to your client. In the second scenario, the person who does the comparisons, they're also creating some bias. I'm not trying to make this sound bad, but not unlike the mattress company, they're deciding who you're comparing with. In most cases, 99% of cases, they're not saying here's all available options because it's overwhelming. And then you'd actually run into another cognitive bias of being able to make a decision. So you actually don't want to provide too many options. Otherwise, you run into different cognitive bias, which means they can't make a decision, analysis paralysis, or the paradox of choice, a great book that talks about that. So the broker B who's doing the comparisons, typically they already know which lender in almost 70 or 80% of the time that the client's going to pick based on the way that they're going to frame the information. Okay, here's the lender A, and this is their pros and cons. Here's lender B. If they've been paying attention and asking questions, they know what the client, what their pain points are. And so then they can present those three options, but one of them is slanted. The client still has a choice. I would say it's a slight illusion of choice because, well, it's not an illusion of choice. Again, if you're an ethical broker, this is fine. I don't think either one of these scenarios is wrong, but you can see how this particular bias will show up in your mortgage business. And depending on what side of the table you're on and how hopefully you're ethical, then you can apply this effectively to your business. So now that you understand this cognitive bias called the less is better effect, here's my question for you. So should you as a mortgage broker help your client comparison shop? So should you give them options? knowing that there is still going to be a bias in there because you can't possibly provide all options? Or should you listen intently, find the best solution, and then present that to your client as a solution to their problems? I'm not saying that you should do one or the other. If I was brokering, I would consider the comparison one if it was not unwieldy to use. And you know, I guess it comes down to, I can't explain it to my client in a way that they can make a good decision. I'm probably not going to do it then I'm going to lose the client, lose their trust. So if it was me, I'm probably still more lean towards listen, provide one really good option. Sometimes you need to provide more than one option. So especially if you're selling like a B file or something and they think they're going to get A or you're selling a B in a private, sure, that makes sense. But I'm just talking about a straightforward client that you could take to multiple places. Should you provide com comparison for them? Should you not? I'm interested to know your thoughts on this. You can shoot me an email. You can be like, Scott, I disagree with you. Shoot me an email, scott at mortgagebrokering.com. And thanks for listening to I Love Mortgage Brokering Podcast, the number one podcast for helping mortgage brokers improve their business. Thanks again for listening.
This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.